back. Welcome back to another riveting episode of the Just Us podcast. As always, you got me, Jeremy. And Danielle. And Treasure. And we're still on this journey in understanding what experience design is. But luckily, we have a treat for you all as we today have a wonderful tea session um, with Toby, who is a product designer that's now at Robinhood. Yes. Shout out to Toby. Congratulations on a new gig dude and we can't wait to talk to you yeah so let's get right into it all right let's get it um toby toby Olua. um okay wait let me backtrack a little bit you said where i've been where i'm going or i don't really mean all of that just tell us about yourself just, <laughs> just... all right okay okay here's this here's this i am uh i don't know i guess i'll say i'm an artist um in the sense that i like to mess around with like a lot of things um be it like design creative technology or you know making music whatever it is like i just like to explore things um and you know like try not to take myself too seriously while i do that uh, i play a lot of video games which is like kind of where i get most of my design concept ideas and stuff um so right now I am unemployed, but I start a new job next week. So, yeah, that's like uh, <laughs> the next place I'm going. Yeah. What what is, what is this starting new job um, virtually? Like, how do you prepare for first day? Like, so okay, so um, <laughs> I, I I think it's like it's interesting. Um, so they're gonna mail my work setup to me, uh, which is nice. Um, and then they have this like platform where they just like uploaded all, you know, all the documents you need to sign. And then you just go there and sign everything virtually and, uh, onboarding, I guess I'm just going to be in a zoom call like this with like a bunch of other people. So <laughs> we'll see what that one's going to look like. That's super exciting, but also like weird, you know? Yeah. But at yeah, the same time, the first day, usually you don't do anything. The first day, everyone's oh. usually bumbling around, like connecting you to printers and like doing nothing really. You yeah. probably actually get to do stuff. They had to plan for your first day. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I'm kind of curious too. Yeah, like, wh what do you think that learning curve is gonna be? I guess. Uh, I mean, I don't think it's gonna be like bad or anything. It's the same product design gig. Like, you jump into your, you get onboarded on a project. The, all of that jazz um, I think the only things that will be complicated would be like um, building relationships with people mm -hmm. um, like right off the bat like that so that's going to be I guess like where things can get rocky lucky for me I know people who work well I know of people who work there through mutual friends so mm -hmm. um, I'll start to build like some connections before I start the job nice and if you don't mind telling us where are you going to be at Robin Hood. Nice. Robin Hood. Nice. Nice. Wait, wait. wait. That's, that's dope. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, okay. Robin I should have brought my DJ setup too. You like. should have. See, this is welcome to club quarantine, actually. We told you it was going to be a podcast, but actually, we're in a party. That's super exciting. Do you, do you like know about investing and stuff? Is Was that like a prerequisite? Um, no, 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 it's not. I mean, like, okay, cool thing about, like, 
most design places. I think a lot of people cherish um, divergent knowledge. Uh, like they they really try not to hire people from the the whole like financial space. So I've heard. Um, I think the only times your job roles can get like super specific is if you're getting into anything like um, VR or augmented reality for like let's say you wanted to go to Amazon and do that, they'd be like, okay, you need to have some knowledge about this. So, um, but outside of that, like, I, I do know about investing. Uh, there's still like, geez, I, ha I wish I could like draw on here, but if investing was like this big, like they, I only know maybe like a quarter or half of it. There's just like so much stuff in there. Uh, you mentioned that you are a product designer. Are you going to be a product designer at Robinhood? And can you yes. talk a little bit about what that exactly is for people who don't know what a product designer is? So product, um, for me, I think my the way I would define product design is just like literally end-to-end -end design process. Like you as a person, you own that. And you're able to just like work with every kind of stakeholder to advocate for whatever product you're going to be working on. So my in my past experience working as a product designer, I've like run research with my research team. Um, I've taken research trips to meet with people. I think I caught up with uh, some of y'all like when I was in Virginia for that. Um, and then besides that, like big thing is like having a relationship with the product manager. Uh, <laughs> that that's always like a tricky thing, like design and PM. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like if if you can find a good one, like you're set for life. Um, so essentially, like product design, just running through end-to-end -end design process from like all the high-level strategy stuff that you'll do for gathering insights, synthesizing those insights, um, taking that to the table and like saying, okay, this is the strategy we want to go with. Like, let's start drilling down here. Um, and then you get your MVP, you jump into like your design review process um, or workshops, whatever people want to call it. Um, and then from there, like you just keep that cycle going until you get to like your V1 or V0 that you want to launch and, you know, just keep the whole thing repetitive. Okay. And to, to sort of break all this down, when you say product designer, in this instance, your product is the Robinhood app and ecosystem sort of things, right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'll use Visco as the example here. So while I was at Visco, there were three teams uh, that owned the product. So essentially like design team, but they're like three parts of the design team. So there is the creation team, there is the growth team and engagement. So all those parts of the product, like they all, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? They all exist together, but people work on them like separately. So for me, I worked on the creation team focusing on like um, front door into our editing experience and the editor tools. Um, and then while in that vertical, I was also spread across the others, like helping my teammates on engagement and growth projects. So like a growth team, their job is, for, let's say like your business model is memberships or subscriptions. The growth team works to find out how to sell the subscriptions to people like throughout the whole product experience. Um, engagement literally is just figuring out how people like do more with your product. Hmm. Every company would set up 
the way that they group those categories differently yeah. though, correct? Yeah, for so sure. Robin Hood yeah. may not have a growth, a creative, an, an, an yeah. engagement team. They might yeah. have it differently. Yeah, exactly. So Robin Hood, because like, you know, the product is totally different from like a, like a creative tool like Visco. Um, I know of, is it two teams at Robin Hood? Okay, so at Robin Hood, they have the brokerage team and they have core functions team. I think like the or core foundations. Core foundations basically works on like the very technical part of um, what what's it called? Oh, like design system stuff, components, and like a bunch of other stuff like that. I think um, brokerage is everything. Like, that's the core. Uh, that's like the core part of the app. So everything you do from like trading, selling, whatever it is, um, that's that's what that team handles, from my understanding. So uh, one of the major things that we're trying to unpack in this season is what exactly are, in our words, like what the hell is experience design? Uh, you know, just coming out of school, I think we have this sort of grandiose sort of view of it all. And that's thanks to probably Andrew that just like, <laughs> was like there's no limit out here. So, the, right, like it's everything but nothing at the same time. Um, so how has that, how has your view sort of changed since graduating and having like worked in your job to what exactly like experience design is? So one thing, one thing I really enjoyed after leaving was that it, uh, like when I was at Visco, uh, whatever meeting we were having as a design team, like there are days or most of the time, it would just be like, wow, I really don't know shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, it, it, it's different like doing all that concept work for brands and then coming into like an actual um, like place where they work on a like product that is hitting people every day. Um, like all, all the goals that you have are totally different and like fundamentally you'll still have the same conversations like uh, high level strategy stuff but on a deeper level it's like there's so much um, experience that people bring to the table that is not what you're used to. Like, let's say, for example, someone, someone on my team at Visco used to work at Strava and he like built a lot of design system stuff there. So I don't know how, but all that knowledge he gained from doing that, like gave him so much knowledge for growth. So now he's working on the growth team and like his experience is like, it basically those two things don't connect but like mm -hmm. when you hear him talk it's just like whoa I didn't think about that so um for me like that's one thing I enjoy at least I found that I enjoy on teams because like it keeps you humble and it makes you want to keep learning things um in terms of okay so let me zoom out a little bit here experience design or design in general like after leaving brand center I think it's almost like a labyrinth Mm -hmm. uh it, like yeah. it's a yeah it's a nice labyrinth like think of like ikea you have like escape hatches but you have you also have the choice to go through the whole thing mm -hmm. and depending on which or on what decision you decide to take then that impacts you know the end product or the like end goal that your team is trying to meet um so at least like that's something that i've seen like i've um this year this year i was able to like lead a project 
um, from like start to like mid stage before I, uh, before I left. Um, but like doing that, like I was able to do, you know, like all the things that you might not be able to do while you're at Brand Center, like, you yeah. know, um, strategy people are running research and then they're just like off on their own art directors are doing their own thing, like just hiding in one corner. But like here, everybody like literally needed to be in sync uh -huh. because this is like monumental to our growth as like, you know, as a business. Um, so everything started from that one research trip that I took with my team and then we got back and then built like an MVP, uh, got the MVP on the roadmap and then got engineers to start building that thing. So like there are times where it won't be like that. Um, and I think what's important is to be able to adapt to whatever like part of the process that you're brought into. Awesome. So I do have a, like a question that's been like kind of burning in my brain. Like when you left Branson, or did you ever consider any other roles outside of just design under the experience design umbrella? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> okay, I laugh. The reason I'm laughing is because like, um, I, I feel like Branson doesn't like expose people well enough to like everything that is within this like tech design space. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, like you're just like yeah it's either you know you want to be a um like an experienced designer or you want to be like a design strategist and i think there's like so much more and like more potential that you can get like outside um so for me specifically like i knew that i because because of my background working in tech a little bit uh like doing html and all that web technology stuff um i knew that my ideal role would be around design technology plus or slash um, product design, at least like a role that just lets you wear multiple hats and not like box you mm -hmm. into one specific thing. So um, it like, let's say you wanted to go to Apple. Apple has both roles for product design and UX designers. If you get a UX design job there, you're going to be a wireframe specialist if you get a product design gig, I'm pretty sure it's like a whole different thing. Like you're probably going to be, you know, that end to end spectrum, like all the way from wireframing to prototyping mm. to pitching your project, all that stuff. So that's like where the difference is. And I think like, you know, you just got to figure out like which one's going to be the best for you or where you feel like your strengths are. Right. Yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead, sis. Oh, okay. Take it away. No. Oh, because me, we actually just had this conversation. He was asking me if I wanted to go into product design. And at that moment, when he asked me, I'm like, I don't know what I want to do, really. So that just made a lot of, like, it just connected a lot of dots for me. Because, um, um, like, like you said, like, you, there's different silos under the experience design umbrella. You got the UX and you got the product design and stuff like that. So it was just me having the aha moment. But go ahead, Jeremy. No, I think, like, go ahead, Toby. Um, quick, wait, let me, let me like try to get this point together. I, the quick <laughs> thing I wanted to put in there is that if you like, if say you did decide, decide that you want to be a product designer, like you don't need to like know the whole thing or you don't need to be like specialized in every single one. Like you can at least just be a generalist, but have like maybe two areas that you have like really strong, um, like preference for. So, cause like that's one in my 
in all my interviews, like, that's what people were asking, like, okay, like, yeah, you enjoy the whole thing, but, you know, like, what, if you had to pick, which one would it be? Mm -hmm. um, so at least, like, just knowing, like, where your strengths are, but still, you know, being able to play the whole field. Right, and I, and I think that that definitely leads into, you know, something that I've been thinking about is, as you're saying this entire, you know, in the end process, and there's different, you know, steps along the way, um, and we're in this field where, there's a lot that you may not be exposed to at that time. Um, so how did you figure out where exactly, you know, your strengths lie in this grand spectrum of like Ikea that we're in right now? Um, so wait, let me try to understand your question. Are you asking where, how I figured out what I enjoy doing the most? Yeah, because I, I think partly is, you know, you don't know what you really want to do until you're exposed to it. And then for a lot of people, you know, when they're diving into this world of experience design, there's a lot to be exposed to. And you can go to programs like the Brand Center or Miami ASCO or whatever, and sort of you get a very solid view of that specific exposure, you know, and yeah. there's a whole other side that's left uncovered. So how do you sort of dive within that and figure out, okay, where, where do my shrimps play um, if you don't have the full picture? All right, so I'll try to answer this with how I got into design. Right. Um, okay, so I moved to the US in 2013, and that was like June, I think, May, June. Um, I actually got into VCU like that same year, uh, but I decided to defer my admission until the next year. Um, so at that time, like that, uh, six month time frame or five months, whatever. I had like all the free time in the world and I picked up photography again. So that led me to finding the Visco app. And like after using the app, like I was able to build a community of people, like me just being a stranger, like FOB. Uh, mm -hmm. And, you know, like I'm able to build a community of people who are chill and stuff. So I started to make friends. It also helped me change the way I view like work specifically, like building like working relationships and things like that. So going forward, like I just knew that, yo, I think I want to work on like basically something this expansive, not just like right. one part, just like something expansive. And I was always like pushing for that. Mm -hmm. um, even when we got to Brand Center, like, um, or when I got to Brand Center, I think I would have these conversations with Brit and I'd be like, yo, man, <laughs> like, we're not doing a lot here. We're just like, you know, <laughs> we're being spoon fed or we're spoon feeding this thing and it's not enough. Um, and I think like basically those inconsistencies there just like made me, you know, really, it, I think it solidified the idea or like the fact for me that, you know, basically like I like to do my wireframes. I like to build those wireframes. I like to test this thing and then I like to pitch it and we'll see where that goes. Um, like the research part, I'm not like the strongest at because, you know, Brand Center doesn't give you like a lot of uh, research capabilities or exposure to do that. So um, like coming in, like that was something I specifically advocated for that I wanted, that I wanted to work on. But outside of that, like all those, like all those, um, you know, by the way experiences just like made me know that I wanted to focus on very very hands-on things that mm -hmm. would lead to pushing something in the right direction. Mm -hmm. So you learned what you didn't like. That's yeah, what helps you figure out what you like. Yeah I guess. Wow 
See, I just talked around the bush. <laughs> no, no, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't mean it like that. I, I, I was listening carefully because I think the experience is multifaceted, and the thing that we're trying to learn is too broad to become an expert at in two years. So the way that they have tried to present it to us really doesn't do everybody's justice because we're all on different paths and we all appreciate different slices of it. So I personally, yeah. I struggled a lot with that because I was very aware acutely, like this is not giving me personally the cross sections where I thrive and excel in. And excel yeah. in. So I was, I was also trying to figure out where I fit for a majority of my experience. Gotcha. And I think like one one thing to add to that is that, um, you know, Brand Center doesn't really mimic the environment that you typically would be in. Right. Um, it's more. It's, yeah, it's more of that. And even it's also like a digital like agency still. Um, I think some some agencies like do the whole like product uh, lifecycle kind of work. But I think that is hard to find, at least from my understanding. I know like places like RGA probably do that. Um, but besides that, okay, RGA, Wayno, Wayno Co. Those are the only two that I can think of like, off the top of my head. But yeah, that's just my opinion. <laughs> I'm big on um, like culture, like company culture, like working environment type of Ooh. stuff. And that was hard, I think, as well, because I don't know that it mimics the industry in every way. But from what I know of working and coming in, I'm just used to there being like what you said, like more adults at the table who have experience, who they can kind of come in and they're cordial. And we have some type of like consensus of how this is going to work with operation. And we kind of were like cordial. Huh? Are you saying people weren't cordial? Yeah, I, I think there was a lot of immaturity. It took us a while to figure out how to coexist. And even then, it wasn't a healthy, like, exercise. Like, it was very, like, frantic. Everyone was very anxious. People, I mean, that's, that's really not the best environment for your creativity, for your inspiration, you know, for, like, citizenship to thrive, in, that, in my opinion. But that's just me. Like, I really can't do that. And that's the type of places that I'll, I will not work, you know? So to me, like, as far as like mimicking what's out there, like you can't really mimic but so many things. And that's just the mode that we have, you know? And that doesn't always work for everyone. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And I think like I had the similar experience. Like, I mean, <laughs> I, I kind of checked out like, um, I, yeah, I think like first, I don't know, maybe second semester of first year or like, yeah, probably, probably second semester of first year. I was just like, I'm done with this shit, man. Like y'all, y'all, y'all people are just tripping right now. Like mm. my, my physical computing two class with Andrew, we did like uh, a thing with like art directors and copywriters. And I was like, after that, I was just like, I'm done. <laughs> um, and I think like it all, everything just like, became better when we were able to work on like personal projects like the next year so yeah um thinking about it oh sorry go ahead continue <laughs> okay just thinking about it in like real life um i've heard like mixed like mixed stories about agencies and you know like uh client side stuff uh some someone told me like 
at a specific agency, like people do not leave at five because if you leave at five, you're seen as like, <laughs> like That's a crazy cool. person. Yeah. Totally Yo, true. fam, for real though, like at Visco, like 4.30 hits, four o'clock, I'm out. Yeah. But it, no, like that, that is just like, beyond me like that's that sort of mindset that i need to work 24 hours a day and not have a life outside of that and like some like and don't get me wrong you know some people are 100 percent for that but you know when i hear you know stories about oh i stayed at work late i had to do like this and the third i'm like what quality life do you actually have you know oh yeah and that brings me to like even over the summer when i was working Sometimes I would work until like 2 a.m. Like this shit it was not okay. Like it was not okay. And it was like, <laughs> like I wasn't doing the work that I wanted to do. So I'm over here art directing to two o'clock in the morning. Like I can't work like that. And that kind of brings me around to the question that I had, which now I, you know, I don't even probably have to assist, but like what made you decide um, brand over agency? Oh, good question. Quality of life. And just like, I mean stability yeah like if you're if you're at an agency like some agencies are great in the fact that they might have one sole client and like with that client like everything goes from like start to finish other things you know it could just be like it it could be dead in the water like middle time uh, Mm -hmm. and you don't want that and I think like it's also good to just know that at least okay agency side you might be exposed to like multiple things but if you were um if you were like on the client side you'd be focusing on one thing but you'd have to think so differently every time on how to expand that one thing and like uh the senior designer on my team like yo that dude is he's just a madman like the way he thinks about things and like i that that was something that i really really enjoyed um while i was there but for me specifically, like, I just knew that I wanted uh, quality of life, like, you know, nine to five, like literally from nine to five, I'm in the office, I'm out. Um, You're going to respect, you know, my personal space as an individual, like within this company, like that's all there. Um, And, you know, I think just like having people that also feel like family um, and no one's like really trying to topple over you because they want to do one thing or the other, so. Do you feel like those things are sometimes too much to ask? Like, I feel like some people get into this mindset where they're like, you know, I should just want to work for these larger companies and I shouldn't have wants and needs, you know, outside of that because I get to work for these, you know, great sort of things and have, you know, a decent pay in different things. Um, I think, I think, I don't know if asinine is the right word to use for that, but like you're, you are a human being. They need you. I mean, like, you also need them to pay you, but they need you. And, like, you know, if it's, if it's, like, an actual business, literally your employment is a business, it's a business relationship. Um, and you don't want to get cheated from your relationship, right? So, or you don't want to get cheated in your relationship, whatever, or cheated on. Oh, no, anyway. no one wants to get cheated on. Um, yes. No. So, <laughs> no, essentially, no <laughs> essentially, like, you have, to, I think, like, you just have to figure out, like, all the things that are important to you in a role in a company and then like, you know, start to balance those things out when you start to get offers or when you're talking to people like early stage. Hmm. Um, so outside of, 
I, I know you got a question queued up, but this kind of went along with the SP. So I, I just got to, you know, get it out real quick. But um, outside of like quality and life and things, what other things gravitated you toward um, like your job at Visco and now moving on to Robin Hood? Like what, what were you looking for? Um, growth, like personal, both, uh, I'd say like mostly personal growth. Um, but also like it within that personal growth, like the way I described it to people is, um, for one, you know, I talked about like not having, or when you're in meetings and like someone says something every time and you really understand that I don't know shit. Mm -hmm. Like I I'm looking for that wherever I go because like it's going to make me a better person and a better designer. Um, I'm also looking for like roles that just let you experiment with everything. Like if like, you know, if you have to code one day and your boss can be like, Oh, you know, like just go do that. Like try it and let's see what happens. Like you have free range to just like do whatever it is. Um, what else would I be looking for in a role? Hmm. Oh, mission. So big thing is like you have your personal philosophy as a designer, right? Um, you just got to figure out like how your philosophy connects to whatever it is a company's mission and their product is doing for people. And like if there is no sync there, um, like when if you're in the interview process and you're, ta uh, you're talking to like head of design or something, um, if like there's no mesh or like aha moments where you're just like, oh my gosh, I thought about that. Like then, you know, things don't really feel too balanced. At least like that's kind of like how I see it. Um, right. Like for me specifically, my, what I want to do is help people like reach purpose or just like, you know, help people find ambition. And, you know, Visco's mission was to help people fall in love with creativity. Like I saw, like I saw it happen for me and obviously like, yeah, I want to do that for other people too. So there was alignment there at Robinhood. It's, it's like democratizing finance for the greater, like the greater masses. Mm -hmm. um, not a lot of people have like financial knowledge. So literally it's wow. us like just, plucking money from like top people and like saying okay here's like investment 101 like simple right and you know in that like people can start to find like financial freedom or like start to find like that purpose like oh you know what i want to get some money like off the side or something right. that was lovely um and that that segues into what i wanted to ask you because you mentioned like your own personal like boundaries of what you will or will not except in the workplace um our podcast is often f focusing and featuring on like use cases that people maybe don't think about or talk about and us analyzing on that level can you talk about your experience as a minority uh, or not being from here and how that has uh, impacted or interacted with your experiences in your career or um, how it might have inspired your design career or to prom okay so first the first one i think i'll like just circle back to my previous um the previous point i was making you know like most traditional or immigrant parents don't get that there's more besides engineering doctoring yeah. or 
like all of that stuff like there's so much more um only like only in the last two years my parents like really got hip to IT and they're like oh man there's so much money here like you should do some certifications I was like okay that's not for me but like they've seen it and for me like part of the reason why I do what I do is because like I want people to like just see beyond what's what their perspective shows them like there's you know we were talking about experience design and at brand center you know like it's like this but there's so much more like this um that's like taking that same view and like putting it for people like out there to understand that you know you can be like free and creative and also make money um like i told my parents how much i was making the first time because like they wanted me to live on the east coast and they're like oh okay okay you can go to the west coast (laughs) (laughs) um but i think okay let me let me like backtrack a little bit so essentially i just want people to be able to discover more things beyond like the traditional norms Um, like so that's like one view that I would say aligns with my mission or my personal ambition as a designer Um, in terms of the workplace at Visco like I'd say it was a very diverse place Um, well my team my design team was like eight people and there's like two black guys uh, three Asian people two black guys Uh, yeah two black guys Uh, that's a lot three that's breaking (laughs) um so that we had three asian people on the team and two white people on the team so like i mean in that like it was kind of equitable um and you know like all of us have like immense respect for each other and like everyone's opinion is like always like held to a very high standard um in the greater company like at large there is Dude, I can't I can't even remember how many but I know like for our team was like maybe 130 people um and I'd say maybe like 15 like POC like uh, black people specifically um and then the rest is like a mix of um people from Asian continents um we had some Middle Eastern people um geez I think Middle Eastern people are also like within the Asia continent, just, I can't remember my geography here. But anyway, we had a great like melting pot at Visco and it didn't like, you wouldn't like, you wouldn't go into a place and feel like, oh man, I'm the only person here. Cause like, at least there was like two other people of color regardless, like from whatever race and or ethnicity there. And you just like feel fine. When it, um, when it comes to something that you mentioned earlier about how people traditionally black and other people of color only see traditional role, uh, traditional work as like doctor, lawyer, things like that. How would you go about exposing yourself to this whole other side of a world that wasn't, you know, put in front of you? Um, So are you asking how I found like the creative field? Yeah, yeah, like how'd you find the creative, you know, sort of world out there and then once you found it, how'd you keep yourself sort of invested in it? Gotcha. So when I was in Nigeria, I was into photography mm-hmm. and like editing people's uh, people's pictures. So I don't know if you remember Picasso, like the Windows PC app 
yeah anyway i would just like take people's images and flip them in whatever crazy way i could uh -huh. and that was like i would say my gateway into like being really creative with things like i used to draw i learned how to play the piano and all that stuff mm -hmm. but you know oh you need to focus on your books and your studies so right I'd, all that stuff died but um like after i moved here and you know like just having all that time on my hands i was able to keep I mean, I was, I was able to like, you know, find my connection to those things again and start chasing them. So in that, like when, when you're in creative spaces, you just feel very free, like free spirited. And, you know, like once you've, in my opinion, once you experience that, I don't think like you want to come back down to the ground. So you have to find like a way to balance things out and um, like, being in being in tech uh working on technology stuff like before i graduated from undergrad i was i studied information systems and i just knew for a fact that like i really like you know this creative part but i don't want to spend my time working on the back end like right. making honeypots to trap people hackers and all that stuff like mm -hmm. i want to be hands-on with my things mm -hmm. and basically like every time i would feel discomfort that would lead me to the next part of my journey where i would find like i think this is what's going to get me to where i want to be right yeah i think i have a similar like story to you i also have a um it background and then when i first started my parents was like jeremy what the hell is that like, what do you, how are you going to do anything? And then I showed them, you know, the money and they're just like, oh, okay, keep on doing that. And then I told them I was doing design and then they're like, okay, but like, what the fuck is that? You know? Um, and still to this day, they're just like, we don't really know what he does, you know, but he seems to enjoy himself and, um, you know, still be happy. So I, yeah, I definitely get you where it's like, once you expose yourself to something you kind of don't want to stop it's almost like an itch that you can't stop scratching and yeah. you just sort of dive deeper and deeper and deeper um along this path how do you explain your work to your family well now that i work on <laughs> so now that i work on actual apps like uh -huh. i'll just be like okay here's this thing like download it on your phone and check it out like that's what i do i make all the mm -hmm. things look the way they look so they'll be mm -hmm. like oh okay that's cool yeah, so it ever, simple way. Does but, it ever make you feel uh, a certain type of way when it's like, okay, I like make stuff look the way that it looks on the app, and they're like, oh, so you pick the colors, and it's like, you know, that's part of the job, but it's not really the whole, you know, scope of things. Gotcha. Um, I haven't, so I haven't heard any comments like that. Um, I think like at least when they see that it's an actual thing, they're just like, mm -hmm. oh wow, okay, like. Yeah, I think that's just like enough for them. So, hmm. my mom still asks me, "Is that like that marketing? Like she, she is it marketing?" And I'm like, <laughs> or she'll just ask me like specifically, like, like what is it? I'm asking. I'm talking to somebody about it. What do you call it? What is that? You know, funny. Okay, so you mentioned marketing, and it reminded me about product marketing. Uh, that's like a whole other part of like design that or experience design that nobody talks about, at least at Brand Center. Yeah, yeah, I don't even know what it is. So Okay, so product marketing is like how you talk about your feature launches, 
um, your existing product offerings and things like that and how you get people into the funnel for growing your user base. Um, at least like that's the, that's my understanding of like, you know, the way I experienced it. Um, so let's say, you know, we, we were going to launch like new glasses for people mm-hmm. and within the glasses, there is like a, like a thing for you to add, like, I don't know, you could change the color of your, um, pupils. Mm-hmm. So that way, like product marketing will come out and be like, okay, let's start to make, uh, in like in app, you know, banners to get people like hip to this thing. And then from there, like starting to measure all their metrics and stuff like that. And then also, you know, telling the story of a product, like how it's going to live in the market and giving it its narrative. So I think it's time to like start to wrap up a little bit. So I, ha- I do have one last question I want to ask. So if you had to explain experience design or product design using like to like a five-year-old in one sentence, what, how would you say that? Oh, jeez. <laughs> okay, give me Hot Wheels and let's build a track, a racetrack. And you know how your car starts at the beginning? and gets to the end after building that track, like how easy it is to build that track. Think of that as product design or experience design. Like literally you have to get from that starting point and go through all the ups and downs, the loops and all of that. And then you come back to the beginning and you're able to do that again with like ease once you've built that foundation. Wow, you have that example at the ready. Right, like just something That was like, very illustrative. <laughs> I also like the the labyrinth example. That was nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you definitely. That's the only one. That's the only one I thought about. Because hmm. like I was driving today, and I like I don't know if you know about Ellen Lupton, but she has a book called Design and Storytelling, and like there's there's an analogy in there about. Um, you know, like labyrinths and mazes, like how they relate to design and stuff. So like just zooming out, I thought about, I was like, oh, you know, this is like a labyrinth. Yeah, and relating a labyrinth to Ikea is very muscle spot on too. Uh, yeah. yeah. That place is like a trap, you know. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think you're, you're definitely your definition of explaining like a Hot Wheels like track is super interesting because I don't think I've ever thought it that way it's like you have to the other side of that is you have to have all of the pieces in a place or else it doesn't you know act as you want it to like you may have wanted to do a backflip but if you don't have those two sort of like you know helix pieces it ain't happening um straight up yeah and I think like it's honestly very indicative of like how the process is because um you know, you, you can't build something without having the technological feasibility for it. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's one part. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, if you try to overextend yourself, it's just going to break. Right. Um, and I think my final question for you, this basically going off of that, is you have a very vast amount of, I guess, inspirations. Like, you have your technical background. You, you know, we talked about earlier video games, how they inspire you. And then like your photography and stuff, where do you see that stuff showing up in your work? I think, so photography wise, like I'll just relate this to my visceral experience. Like 
seeing how other people use visco and the way it, it like it impacts their lives hmm. i think like you know being like being on the forefront and being able to see people in our physical spaces like talking about the experience or doing like interviews and talking to people about that stuff i think like that's where i got the inspiration from the photography side um if we're looking at tech i think like any like emerging tech okay so for example this weekend i got myself an apple tv and like the interface i'm just like yeah i mean it's 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 a small thing but like it's so nicely designed the way the whole like apple oh. ecosystem like works together mm-hmm. i can go like if i lose my remote i can work on my phone to like control the apple right. tv it's a trap but it's a good trap yeah it's yeah. it's 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 amazing like if i need to watch a movie on my tv i can have my homepod speakers be the sound system for that so it's just like you know mm-hmm. thinking about like how you can build ecosystems for things uh, with like technology, I think like that's where it gets interesting on that side. Um, there was one more point I was going to make here. You can ask me another question. I'll try to come back to this one, but let me think. No, I was going to say, I mean, that's like super dope. It seems like your designer head has never sort of turned off, you know, someone who just kind of got super excited about how their Apple TV connects to this and like my HomePod and stuff like that. I think that um, that's a clear indicator, at least to me, that you're in the right spot. <laughs> when it comes to doing the things that you do. Yeah, man, like, you gotta, I, I, I guess you like essentially said it, you just gotta find a way to stay excited about, you know, like work and all that stuff. Um, thankfully for me, I have my homie who's also like a mentor, uh, mm-hmm. lives like down the street from me. So uh, we used to work together. Um, and then, you know, like everything else that's out there, like tech, reading, whatever. SP, do you have any final thoughts? Yeah, I do have a question. It's it's that tough one. Where do you see yourself? <laughs> I just want to know what you want to do. And it doesn't uh, have to be a specific thing. Like, if you want to be the CEO of a company, you can say that. Right. Long term. So I would say, like, my maybe eight-year goal is to, okay. I, like, I don't know. Eight years is, like, very specific. I don't know how long it'll take. But one thing I want to do for sure is design a version of iOS for whatever new iPhone is going to come out. Like that's my big, like I did it and I can be like, once I do that, I'll just like throw my hat away for like maybe a year or maybe a break. <laughs> that's but, sad. Yeah. Well, I have a friend that works at uh, Apple. He's a product designer there. He's been there for like four or five years. So whenever you trying to yeah, make let's that get move, that I link. got to connect. Let's get it. <laughs> I can see you on stage now delivering that Keenan address, and when you get up there, you'll hear my air horn in the back. No, for real. And Kyle will be talking shit right, right, I'll, right there. I'll have my shirt. I'm like, what? <laughs> I think, like, I think the day that, like, idea solidified for me, I don't know if it was, like, 2017 or something, but there was, like, this guy who got on stage and was in, like, uh, like, overalls, and he was wearing, like, off-whites, and yeah, obviously a black guy. And I was like, shit, that's definitely going to be me in a couple of years. And I was like, right. all right. It's, I, I think it's super dope to have like that big goal in your mind because then yeah, like sure. you're always going to be fighting toward it. And you know, nothing can get in your way at that point. 
And I firmly yeah. believe that you can be up on that stage. And I already said that I'm gonna be in the background yeah. with my air horn. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget about us looks down here. <laughs> no, but yes, thank you for um taking the time out to you know speak with us today. Thanks for the conversation's been amazing. Yeah, I think yeah, you, you no doubt. Um, the way I've, I've, I've been sort of describing it is like we're on this train of understanding and definitely this stop was well worth it. Uh, All right. I'm so. glad to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been I've been like sweating. I'm just like, oh, man, am I making any sense? But yeah, I'm glad to hear uh, it's helpful. OK, so y'all, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hope y'all are well rested after that good break right there. We just had a great conversation with Toby. I think he really dropped some gems in here, y'all. Oh, amazing. I like that a lot. We all have similar backgrounds, but it's nice to see like the real world versus just like the cerebral academic side of things. I'm glad we're doing this. Right. And I yeah. think it definitely allowed us to distill down, you know, our overarching nebulous view of experience design and really dive into what it means to be a product designer um, and how that process definitely looks different. Um, Definitely looks different, you know, once you're actually in the role and between, like, what type of roles you are. Shit, I might want to become a product designer now. No, for real. I had an aha moment that during bag. The, <laughs> I had an aha moment during the, um, during the interview, and it was just like, all right, so maybe I am a product designer because I do like to think end-to-end, you know? like Right. That's the way, the way he explained it was different than we initially thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Talk about that sure. a little bit, Ms. Fee. How was, it, how was that different for you? Um, I think... So a lot of the times we are being tasked with the end-to-end. We mm-hmm. are handling all those pieces, but mm-hmm. we're being told that it's UX. We're being told that it's like experience design right. and different facets of experience design, but there is a job that is that. And mm-hmm. we, are, we interact with those people, but what they tell us is a little bit more technical. Sometimes the things that they tell us is a little bit more, like, like it's hard to imagine what your day-to-day life is and it's hard to see it as being flexible, as flexible as what we are doing and capable of. Yeah, no, I, I can definitely see that, especially his example of um, product design being like the Hot Wheels track definitely resonated with my core because um, it's like if we, mm-hmm. the, def, the role of a product designer is to own these sort of pieces so that the entire experience works the way it should. You know, as you yeah. said, um, if them pieces aren't in line, it's not going to go off as planned. And so that definitely made a lot of sense. And like how you're pulling from the the thought of experience design, we're really funneling down to work for this one specific, one specific product, which in his case mm-hmm. was Visco. And then now it's going to be Robin Hood and such. Mm-hmm. Man, he's and already had be- such an awesome career. <laughs> like, that's crazy. He also seems very content <laughs> with it, too. And that was that was important for me to hear and see. Because you, you all know I struggled and was vocal about my struggles, but it was nice to hear someone like mm. also in a calm way be like, yeah, some of that was some bullshit and yeah. it is okay. I'm not losing any sleep over it. Right. Yeah. I was just about to say like, he even validated some of the, the, um, the feelings that we had toward the program that we all graduated from. Um, and everybody, you know, had their own journey through, through that process, but yeah. to, to hear it validated other people mm-hmm. is just it's relieving i mean he dropped some gems too yeah he definitely dropped some gems but if anything it seems like this experience design field is as he said an ikea and it's like a nebulous thing but it has pockets that you can jump into that you're 
that you can decide if you're interested in that or not. And, and you know, that part of it, just like our kid has a showroom, you can pick around the corner and you're like, mm, nah, that's not it at all. That's not where I want to be until you get to the one that you do like. And I definitely think, you know, from this conversation, that is more and more what this field looks like. It's just about getting to that point where you realize what it is I like to do. And in his case, it was more of, okay, I know this is what I didn't like to do and try to do more of what I like to do. And for other people, maybe I need to be exposed to a lot of stuff, you know, to really find out where my passion is. But I think one of his biggest points to your gym dropping knowledge was um, just finding your own personal mission. So I think moving forward, maybe next week we can task ourselves with what is our personal mission? You know, what is our mission as designers? I think that would be super great to help us, you know, push forward on this path we're along. Yeah. And it's so crazy that he he's able to recognize that about himself is like helping other designers find their purpose and their mission too. Because mm-hmm. when I very like the very first time that I met him, he asked me what I uh did prior to coming to Brand Center. And I was telling him and he was like, Oh, you should work for IDEO. And he just hyped me up real heavy. And I'm like, I don't even know you. Like, I don't even know you yet. But he he really, like, kind of distilled all of my background experience mm-hmm. into, like, mm-hmm. where he could see me excelling the most. And I was like, that, that's super dope. And then, like I said before, like, we had a conversation about product design. And I wasn't really sure. And he was like, yeah, that's cool, though. I'm going to still plug you, you know, like. Like. I, I definitely think it's an important part to know the mentorship and just having someone like networking horizontally. Like, yeah, Toby is a little bit removed from us, but he's still, you know, within the same sort of age range and like mm-hmm. just starting out. So it's good to just know people that can hype you up um, and even get those things out there. And like we met him by, you know, attending the same program, but I've also met a bunch of people just by hitting them up in the LinkedIn DMs or, mm-hmm. you know, being connected by somebody else or really just having the conversation. And I can't, you know, th- I think there's value in power in just having that yeah. you know, like, network of people that either share your experience as, you know, being a person of color in this field, you know, not being exposed to these sort of things, or, you know, y'all are just in a similar field and you just need to, you know, you need that person in your corner. Yeah, for sure. You know, we, we're trying to peel back experience design and it's so broad that it almost feels a little bit constricting because you're not able to put a definition on it mm-hmm. and make it easy. But the way he was speaking about it made it seem a lot more like freedom yeah. than like necessarily just like open-ended and like a little bit like mm-hmm. chaotic. It seemed yeah. more just like free and like, a little bit free-forming for you to like just go and seek out right. your passions and, and learn a lot from others. That was one thing that I'm looking forward to as well. And I think that's why his example of the Ikea made sense. Because if you think of experience design like the Ikea, it is a building and it has one purpose, right? It's not very nebulous in the sense that like, this is a furniture store. But the problem is when you get inside, there's a lot of different pieces, you know? Mm-hmm. And you, don't, you might not necessarily know what you're looking for at that time or place. Um, but all the pieces are there. It's just about really navigating through it until you find that thing that gives you that freedom. Uh, so the store itself is freedom. And it's that freedom to find that part that, you know, you enjoy the most. And whether it's a product designer, experience designer, user experience designer, interaction designer, visual designer, like what it is, like that's sort of how you just have to decide that for yourself. And it could be through trial and error. It can be like, a lot so I definitely think this stop on our train of 
unpack. I keep on saying I, I I like the train thing. So I'm gonna speak on this train, this chugging, chugging, chugging. Like we got off at Oakland and now we're about to get back on ahead somewhere else. Um mm-hmm. another time. I like that. We can make a little <laughs> graphic for that. We should make a little graphic. Like just can you see just our heads on the little train, like pushing forward, like <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh, this episode is uh, brought to you by the letter A, right, Danielle? Okay. <laughs> that yeah. was A for asinine. I was just joking because he said asinine. <laughs> okay, oh. so, what, so what is this episode actually brought to us today about? What's the letter? I thought it would be L for labyrinth. L for labyrinth. Because I like that he threw that in there. Okay. But um, Jeremy mm-hmm. says I for Ikea works too. Same thing. So let's let's do L for labyrinth. Experience design is like a labyrinth. You go inside really expecting to find what you think you're going to find, but you find something else. Mm-hmm. And that is product design. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> 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 so if anybody, so from last week, we had uh, definitions of how we thought experience design is. Is anybody changing? I think mine would, or Trevor's yours intuition, which yeah. I was thinking about that girl. You got to, you got to ask. It's a lot more. You got to it's, ask more. <laughs> it's, it's, listen, listen. Because when I, after I said it, I'm like, listen, that is not, that's not experience design. Let me not lie to the folks. Let me not lie to the people. That is a part of experience design. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'd say this, it's adaptability. Yeah intuition adaptability it's just a lot maybe each week i'll add on a new yeah maybe <laughs> maybe, maybe by week seven you'll be in a sentence <laughs> hey you know well mm. for me yeah experience design is just see because now we're going back from experience design we didn't been on we we had the product design now you got me thinking back by the end i'm gonna have a whole a whole definition okay. for y'all I okay and it's crazy because i'm an experienced designer and i don't even know what it is but you, you know what it is in your heart of hearts. It's sometimes yeah. hard to articulate that. And that's why we're on this train. Okay, um, I'm chugging along. Right, but <laughs> chugging along. But I still think it's, some of someone I said last week, which I think was about building relationships with people. Um, I think this even excelled more that it's still about how do you build that relationship with people and allow them to do more, you know, with- Yeah. And, SPD. And I think it's, I think it's in the simplest way too. Like, how do you build this relationship with people, and how do you keep it simple? Because you don't want something that's over like convoluted. Right. SP, is there, is there any you know newfound news with your definition? Or are you sticking the same? Mm-hmm. No, I just, I just it's not necessarily a one word thing. I just realized more it's about just like having your eyes peeled mm-hmm. and like really just seeing what it is that people are thinking or like, what you know, like what's, what's really going on with that person? Like see them right. like, or like mm-hmm. your user, your clients or whatever. Right. And theme. I also have another thing too. Um, dang, I just lost it. But Toby had mentioned something about, oh, staying inspired and always wanting to be like like mm-hmm. feel invigorated and excited about the work that he's doing i think mm-hmm. staying inspired is also a part of experience design so 
Yeah. By the end of this, I'll have a I'll have a, a cohesive definition for y'all on what I think experience design is. Okay, listen, that's the only. <laughs> it's not about the end goal. Listen, wait, that's not the same. <laughs> it's not, not about, about the journey. It's about. No, it's, it's not about where you're going. <laughs> it's not about it's where you're going. It's about how, how you got here. It's not about where you're going. The journey of a thousand miles begins with a single we step. Don't know. You go further faster. I never heard that. It you go faster by yourself and further together. Anyway, thanks for <laughs> thanks for sitting <laughs> around the table and sipping some tea with just us this week. We'll be back next week with another train stop on the lesson of what is experience design. All right, y'all. Yes, make sure y'all um. Tune into our Instagram page. We'll be dropping and spilling more tea there. Um, you can follow us at what is it? Just Us Podcast. Oh, you can follow us at Just Us Podcast on IG. Why'd you repeat what she said? Like they couldn't hear her. Oh, I don't know if she wanted. She has the option to um, <laughs> choose which <laughs> sound bite she wants to use. <laughs> I was just trying to make it sound like a cohesive sentence, y'all. It's okay. Stop. All right, y'all. Bye. Bye.